This series of Friday's Child is brought to you in association with The Healthy Home. I don't know about you, but my desire to nest and organise my home has only increased since becoming a parent. I am obsessed with making sure my home is clean and hygienic for my little one, but there are certain germs and nasties that simply cannot be seen by the naked eye. Well, this is where the wonderful team at The Healthy Home come in. The Healthy Home is the leading company in the Middle East specialised in advanced, eco-friendly sanitisation technologies, home services and products. Their renowned team have been the expert leaders in the home services industry since 2013, so they really know what they're doing. As we head towards the end of the year, now is the perfect time to get the Healthy Home team in to make sure your home is free of impurities that cannot be removed by regular cleaning methods. And if not managed properly, germs, bacteria and viruses can be spread across your home through your AC. Poor indoor air quality can trigger allergies, asthma, eczema, morning fatigue, itchy eyes and even bed bugs. So protect your family and have peace of mind that your home is not only clean, but safe. Even this time of year, living in the Middle East involves constantly blasting your AC. And if you're anything like me, you have a husband who loves to have the temperature on 19, regardless of the season. I recently had the Healthy Home team pay us a visit to clean all our AC units and ducts, which is something I've been meaning to do for years. Did you know that AC systems can provide the perfect breeding environment for a number of contaminants such as dust, mold and bacteria? These spread around your indoor space, contributing to common health allergy, respiratory and fatigue issues. Well, I am so happy to report that our AC units are now sparkling clean. And I know this as the team kindly took some awesome before and after photos to show me the huge difference. In addition to their wonderful pure air treatment, the Healthy Home provide dry and chemical-free mattress and furniture deep cleaning along with sanitization to help you breathe better, sleep better and improve your overall energy levels whilst keeping your indoor air environment clean. Now how good does that sound? All the Healthy Home treatments are chemical-free and eco-friendly so they're 100% safe for infants and children. If you'd like to find out more about The Healthy Home Services, just visit their website www.thehealthyhome.me or check out their Instagram page, both of which are linked in the show notes of this episode. Welcome to Friday's Child, the podcast on a mission to educate, empower and support you on your parenting journey. I'm your host, Peter, a British expat who's been living in Dubai for 10 years and first-time mama to my gorgeous little girl, Mavia. Each episode, I'll be speaking with a different incredible guest from childbirth educators, parenting coaches, infant sleep specialists, weaning experts, entrepreneurs and more, and we'll be discussing all areas of parenting and beyond. And I can assure you, no topic is off-limit. So, let's get into it. Welcome to our final episode of 2021 and what a guest I have for you today. I first heard this amazing woman speak on one of my favourite podcasts made by mamas on an episode all about putting yourself first and I have listened to that episode at least 10 times so to be introducing her on my own podcast is a major pinch me moment. Caroline Britton is a psychic coach, mentor and healer who's been featured in numerous international publications such as GQ, The Telegraph and Forbes. To speak to Caroline was a dream come true and this conversation impacted me on so many different levels and I just can't wait to share it with you. So without further ado, here's my final guest of 2021, the magical Caroline Britton. Caroline, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Peter. It's such a delight to be here. I This is a bit of a pinch me moment, actually, because I have been following you for a while now. The first time I heard you speak was on a Made by Mamas podcast about putting yourself first. And I must have listened to that podcast about 10 times. Um, I always come back to it. I've listened to, since then, I've listened to you on lots of other podcasts, but that particular episode resonated with me so deeply. Um, so to have you on my podcast is, is an absolute honor. So thank you. Such a pleasure. 
Um, for those people listening that may not have come across you before, can you tell us a little bit about what it is you do? Because there's many different areas in which you help people and in many different ways. So can you tell us a little bit about um, your gift and, and what it is that you do? Of course I can. And I think it's always interesting to put it in context, actually. So I worked in the corporate world for a big global consultancy for about 14 years. And it was after the birth of my second child that things really started unraveling. And I think it's something that a lot of mums and dads can identify with feeling really disconnected, sort of lost a sense of who I was, very frenetic, very burnt out. And my default was always to go into the masculine, like really to keep pushing and just striving for more. And long story short, it sort of ended in burnout and me being signed off from work. And it was from there that I really started to go within, for want of a better word. And fast forward now, we're four years on, I find myself running this incredible business. So my role on this planet, as I see it, is to help people return to the truest essence of who they are. So I speak soul to soul. I could just have a gift. I'm psychic. I'm clairvoyant. I'm clairsentient. I just have a gift to see beyond the words and actions that people present me with and to go really, really deep to who they truly are and what they desire. And then my job is to help people come back to that so that they can fulfill what they came here to do. And also to live a life of joy and gratitude and abundance. That's all wrapped up in it. But that's primarily my focus of my business. So what you just said then about sort of going within and trying to live your most sort of authentic life and really coming back to the essence of who you are, which I think we can all lose along the way. That is something that I am consciously trying to do. And I've done a little bit of self-development. I've done some coaching with one of your students, Nuna, who is just, she absolutely changed my life, transformed my life. But obviously it's an ongoing thing. And what I'm coming up against at the moment is how do I do that as well as hold down a full-time job, have a toddler who isn't sleeping, (laughs) try to be the best wife and friend I can be, and, and manage to have that time, carve out that time to also work on myself and the things that I want to explore and find out more about myself. And I think that that's something at the moment, because I have a toddler, I only have one child, she's um, a year and a half. Yeah. I am overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is the word. And it's not just the overwhelm. And this is something that keeps coming up with all my my mum friends and colleagues that have children. It's also that mental load. Yeah. That you just feel a little bit resentful that, well, why, why does it seem that I have all of this? But yet then I look at my partner and he seems okay. And so everything you said I I'm striving for and I want it, but it feels and just it just feels a little bit out of reach. So I think the first thing is to take it off the pedestal that in order to connect in that you need to spend two or three hours journaling and meditating. Mm. Actually, it's the small shifts every single day, which is what is moves the dial. So let me talk you through. So I have two children. They're now eight and 10. But when I began on this journey, they were obviously a lot younger. My son was two. And when I started really coming back to this kind of work. So my practices are the key parts of my day. My key practices take a few minutes. So that's the first thing that I want people to realize is that it doesn't have to be on a pedestal. And Mm -hmm. we want to come away from that energy of like, well, it's over here and it's got to be something that I'm striving for, which is it's something that you can be now. Yeah, it's not an unattainable goal that you need to work towards. You get to be it now. Now, what's really interesting, before we go there around some of the techniques and prioritization that's called for, the first thing I want to encourage you to do and your listeners to do is be really honest with yourself about how you do use your time. So yes, of course, you're working and you have a child. Some people have lots of children. There's lots of things going on for people. Lots of juggling. 
but it's amazing that we can still find time to do things like scrolling on social media or being on our head going over the same same thought or worrying or um ruminating or something or spending time mindlessly doing things we we actually have more time than we think and i think if we can start swapping out some of those energy draining habits mm. but life-giving habits then that's a really powerful thing so that's the first thing i want you and your listeners to do is get really clear on if i'm honest with myself where am i spending time that's depleting me and what fills me up mm. and what do i need to do practically to be able to bring that into my life so let's start small and let's think about the way that we wake up now one of the powerful practices that i have is to send you can send energy forwards into a day so i am really intentional with the energy that's going to be carried through the day as i wake up so happy am i healthy am i holy am i today is going to be a magical day i'm going to be connected full of joy whatever it might be is to think with real intention about what that could be there's also little tricks you can do like where you set your alarm or if we're lucky enough to wake up from an alarm usually it's a child <laughs> catapulting on our head but you can set an alarm which says um an affirmation beneath the time you can literally edit it on your phone so that's one thing i do the next thing i do is I am so much more balanced when I'm grounded. So I put my feet on the floor and I just imagine roots going down. This takes five, 10 seconds. Then I'm with the children doing my thing, but I will, we all need showers and brushing our teeth. So I'll use that time when I have my shower. I literally will imagine the water washing off any negativity. And again, I become really intentional and focused about what I'm calling in. Joy, mm. gratitude, peace, clarity, whatever it might be for you. You can use that as your shower time. Then what I would encourage everybody to do is find a way around the children where you can physically move your body and release. So that might be a run for me. I walk the kids to school and I walk them back. It might be having a walk around your nearest part, but trying to do something and asking yourself in that moment, if I come out of my head and drop into my heart, what am I being shown? Like, what do I feel? Where am I being guided? Mm. So you can see what I'm doing is I'm basically taking opportunities to connect in, but I'm working them around my life, around the school run, around being woken up by the kids, around having a shower or brushing my teeth or walking to the shops, whatever it might be. I'm just pulling those things in. So that's where I would start is what can you do in the now to start bringing those in? And then we you know we should take this deeper as we come through this conversation but we have to look at why there's a resistance to doing it that was a mm. big thing for me with young children is a resistance that it felt self-indulgent but actually i think the most powerful thing for you and your listeners to connect into is this our children are watching what we do and not what we say so if you want your child to feel that they're enough and valued and loved, you have to be applying that to yourself. So it's so easy to sit with our child and say, if a friend is mean to them, but you are enough and you're wonderful and you've got all these things going for you and you're deserving of being treated well. But then when we come back to us, we don't treat ourselves well. And we don't treat ourselves with love and compassion and we don't treat ourselves well with the thoughts we choose. So actually, I would encourage everybody to start shifting it and see it as a responsibility. Mm. Because when you as parents start modeling and embodying, truly embodying the emotions and the energy that you want your child to have, you're starting to shift the collective. You're literally shifting ancestral ties that are coming through it's so powerful and it feels important to me that I don't just come on here and give the practical tips. I take people deeper and say, mm. well, what's the block and what's the resistance? And actually, if you put it in the context of how 
you're evolving and how your children get to benefit from that is so powerful and it will change the way you view prioritizing the stuff. I have found that something I've really struggled with is I, I get to the point where I know that I haven't made that time for myself. I haven't thought about my self-care, but then I find it really hard to let go and say, okay, well, you know, to my husband, okay, well, babe, I'm going to go and take myself off for a coffee on Saturday, or I'm going to go get my nails on or whatever it might be. I, I, I really struggle. I have to get to the point where I'm having an absolute breakdown to then schedule it in. And I'm surprised that I had that reaction because I'm quite a practical, um, or I thought I was quite a sort of pragmatic, practical person. And for some reason, I found it really difficult. And it's almost like, well, and my husband will say this, you know, you're not helping me help you. You know, why, why do you allow yourself to get to this utter place of burnout before you schedule some time for yourself? And I know that this is a common thing. Is this something that as a society we've just grown up with? Is this this narrative that I didn't even know that I was conscious about this narrative, but as I speak to other women, it seems quite a common, it seems quite a common thing that we experience. It's not being able to let go, but then becoming very burnt out and resentful, but then we're not asking for help. And then it's a yeah. vicious cycle, isn't it? Yeah. And like you said, it is really common, but we have to look at the reasons behind mm. it. So what are the stories we tell ourselves about the way that we have to be as women in this society? So we know that we're in a day and age where a lot of damage is being caused because so many people have disassociated from their feminine, from their flow, from their ease, from their being, from their creativity, from their intuition. Now, we're not looking for everybody to go completely into a feminine state. The masculine is beautiful. The feminine is beautiful. We want the sacred union of both. But what we're seeing is a society that is operating from the manipulated masculine energy of push, of hustle, of not feeling good enough, of fear, of ego validation, of proving, of pushing, of not listening to their body and their soul and their intuition. And it's damaging the world. And what we're being asked to do is to come back within and come back to the feminine as well. So there is no wonder when we're born into a world where it's like work harder, push harder, juggle more. Um, your validation comes from X, Y, and Z, that that's a badge of honor. And I can remember when I had two young children, my mum being at my kitchen island and I was literally doing a million things at once and on top of having worked, you know, a full day. And I remember her saying, it's exhausting to watch you. And I remember being quite proud and chuffed. But actually, when I really think about it, it was very unhealthy. So we have to recognize there's a part of us that's conditioned to to do things that are associated with traditional women's roles in a very masculine way. But we need to be nurtured and we need to be fed and we need to be replenished and we need to be energized. And us as women need to be modeling the feminine for everybody else. So I feel like there's just that realization that's needed where it's like, my goodness, I was born into this world. I'm a product of the conditioning from a very young age. But do I actually want to buy into that? Is it actually fulfilling me? Is it actually the world that I want to see? Or do I want to contribute to a rebalancing with the feminine? And if you do, then you, as an individual, are the one that has to model it. This is so much bigger than just how we feel or our yeah. children feel this is a collective energy that we're being shifted to so I think you had that realization and then it comes down to this as it does with anything what are you going to choose what are you mm. going to choose and it might be uncomfortable and it might be triggering and it might bring things up for you and I, I, I have been there I've done a lot of work around this it might bring up patterns that you've been fed about you're only deserving or worthy of love or enough when you're 
making it about everybody else. There's many, many things, mm. many, many things that people will be attached to in terms of stories. But our job is to do the work of releasing it. So yeah. for you, um, Peter, it's to ask yourself this question, what are my beliefs? What patterns have I adopted from the people around me, ancestrally, society? And you have a moment where you're like, and they're not mine. And I get to opt out like I have often unconsciously opted in. And this is what I choose. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And as the discomfort comes up. So let's look at that for you. Okay. I know that I need to be returning to my feminine more, making time, making space, moving, honoring mm. this. And I need time to do that. I know that when I have to take practical action around that, like asking for support or giving um, you know, more responsibility to those around me, it's triggering. I have a choice in that moment to avoid the trigger and stay in that state of just taking more and more on because then I get to avoid what I need to feel or I get to choose that I ask for support, I allow support to be given, and then I sit with anything that comes up mm. that's uncomfortable and that is shifting and that is power. That is the quickest way to transform. It will be life-changing if you start doing that. Yeah. And even if you're, even as you're talking about it, sorry, it's, uh, I know those uncomfortable feelings. I can feel them. They're tangible. And I, and I don't know whether it's because my child is quite young and it's my first child as well. So everything that's coming up with my child at the moment, it's the first time I've experienced this. You know, I've never had a child before. I, I went back to work in May full time. I'm juggling different things. And so it's almost like I'm trying to navigate all these new experiences, but I am aware that there's some old stuff coming up at the same time that I was, I was definitely aware of before I had children and it's still there, but obviously it's in the mix with then all the stuff that comes with having a child and organizing that child and going to work. And, and it's what I find so fascinating is when I speak to you know, my mum friends, my colleagues, random women I meet at my parenting events, there is this, there is this similar thread between our conversation. And it doesn't matter where they're from, their circumstances. It's that we feel like we are carrying so much, trying to do so much. We're mentally exhausted. Where is the time for us? And it's, I don't want to say it's like martyrdom, but what like you like you said we need to be aware of it but it's like why why does what why is this conversation always the same around women you do not hear men talking about this I've never heard men talk about how their mental load is so huge and they feel drained and I, I, I personally have never heard that narrative with men it's always women and mothers and well, it's coming up a lot at the moment and I'm so fascinated by it yeah, I mean, yes, I think predominantly we see more of this vocalized by women, but certainly from my experience working with men, they feel it too. It's just, it's not so expressed mm. as it often is with women. So I think it's something that we're feeling as a collective. I think teenagers are feeling it. I think children are feeling it. It's all part of the same energy is that we're not taught how to love and value ourselves. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, you're finding your feet and you've got a young child and you've that that's part of the process and the joy and the duality of being a parent what I think is important is to come back to am I truly loving myself and treating myself as I would others or my child the way that I speak to myself the way that I honor my needs do you ask yourself what's the most loving thing I can do for myself right now and this is not a this is not a nice to have this is like a essential mm. for the world for everybody yeah is to be making that time to come in and it's so easy to get wrapped up in what it is now like all the demands and being pulled and work and all of those things but that's all like head and ego 
you know, I can feel it with you as I'm talking. I can feel like how your chest feels. I can feel mm. like the load on there. I can feel the heavy heart. It's like just coming into your heart and saying like, I love you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. you. you know, giving yourself that time. But we have to stop and slow down. And that is terrifying for people. And yeah, I, I have that's so hard. <laughs> like, yeah, and it is hard. And I've, you know, I've been, I've been there. I've been there when everything was about pushing or getting strong. Even the way that I exercised was so masculine. I didn't get Shavasana at the end of yoga. I didn't get yin yoga. Um, I, everything was measured on achievement and capability and it was absolutely exhausting. And then you've got this amazing physical body and emotional system that's telling you, uh, excuse me, I'm not happy. Something's off. We ignore it. We ignore Mm. it. We ignore it. And me, I started getting pins and needles. I started getting anxiety. I had a panic attack, ignored it, ignored it, ignored it. You know, and there gets to a point where why do we have to wait until our body says enough or our mind says enough before we stop? And what I wish I'd known then is that I was protected, I was supported, Mm. I had this huge guidance system available to me spiritually but also practically that it was safe for me to stop I can remember when I got signed off from work sobbing on the phone to my mum because there was a project at work I mean the context of it four years on I don't even remember what the project was it doesn't Mm. matter the thing is it doesn't matter in the bigger context of your life yeah but at the time it feels like everything yeah yeah and it's having the ability to be able to pull yourself away from it and say what is truly important to me? How do I actually want to live my life? And how do I actually want to feel? And where's there a misalignment with how I'm living my life now? And then you sit down and decide whether you're going to choose it. And if you do decide to choose it, you then sit down and practically say what needs to change Mm. in order to do that. And you may get answers that completely freak your ego out like what needs to change is I need to drop down two days at work I need to leave my job and set up that business I've always wanted to do I need to take a break I need to be signed off I need this and your ego is going to come at you and fear is going to come at you and that is going to be a normal part of the process and can you see that everything in terms of the way that we're acting now we know something's off but we're avoiding having to feel the feelings, but we're perpetuating more of the feelings that we don't want. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be scary and it's going to be unknown and it's going to be fearful, but the rewards that you get are so immense. It's worth it. I mean, I'll just tell you about my day yesterday because it's a prime example of the overwhelm that I feel. You know, I've been at work all day. I have a very demanding job. I come home, you know, I'm with my child for a couple of hours before she goes to bed. She doesn't want to go to bed. She's not settling. This is a new thing. And all I want to do is have a shower. I want to eat something. I want to come down from my day. I'm still very much work is in my mind. My to-do lists are in my mind and she's not going to sleep. She pushes my husband away at the moment. She will not settle for him. And so I thought, right, well, I, I have two options. I either sit in this room all night or I put her in the pram and I go and have a shower <laughs> and at least I can get a bit of my, my self-care in, which is what I did, but she's still with me. And then I get her into our bed, but I have to lie but, you know, next to her. I can't be on my phone because then she's wanting to play with my phone. So I can't even like watch something until she falls asleep. And I just lay there crying. And I just said to my husband, I'm so jealous of you. Like you just get to go and sit and relax now. And he's like, well, I want to help. Like, what can I do? Um, So he, you know, he bought me a nice drink and whatever, but I just, the tears were just running down. And I just felt like, I know this is a phase. I know this will pass. I know what she needs is me right now. And I want to be close to her. But where is the time for me? When do I 
where I haven't had a minute to myself today. It's like everyone wants a piece of me and my evenings are sacred. And it, this isn't every night, don't get me wrong. But last night it just felt, I just felt so depleted and my cup was so empty. And I find that sometimes quite hard to accept. But at the same time, I want to, I want to be close to my daughter. I know that that's what she needs right now. And, and I love that. Um, but I just feel yeah I just feel like my cup is empty I think that's a that's sort of the the best way to describe it um and again I know this is very common <laughs> this isn't anything new <laughs> I think it's I, well it's fascinating what you said because without realizing it you've given me several insights into what's going on everyone wants a piece of me is what you said to me well people can't have a piece of you unless mm. you give it yeah so you are, you are choosing to consistently be in a state of giving and not receiving. Yeah. You are consciously choosing to run your day in a way, maybe consciously or unconsciously, but to run your day in a way that is not boundaried, where you're not making time for yourself and you're on and on and on. There's an energy of like addicted to the chase. Yeah. And there's a part mm. of us that knows that we want to do that. But if you'd, if you'd had a day where you'd woken up, say a bit earlier or done something, you'd had a coffee and then you decided to walk here and then you'd done some emails and you'd been boundaried with more things and then you've gone and taken yourself off and you'd had a nice lunch or gone to this path or looked at the sea or gone here and, and it, it sounds all very idealistic, but I mean, we can do this. We can be, I'd love to look at your numerology because I think there's, there's something around boundaries, but we need to be really, really clear on what our boundaries are and saying no and protecting our time and carving out space in our work calendar so calls can't come in. So we can go, if you, if you think of that energy and you come home, you've got more in the tank to give, yeah? And you can do this, like you have the power to do this. And I know there's a story which is like, yeah, but I work for people and everybody needs and needs. No, people can, you'd be amazed when you establish boundaries about what you are and are not available for and your time, how people respond and shift mm. from that. Whether you're working or, or you have your own business. So that's the first thing. The next thing is I feel like this is, potentially a reflection of all of these stories you've bought into so yes they do of course they go to stages where they want their money like they do mm. but this is an opportunity for you to say well there's no reason that your husband couldn't she might not like it and then they might yeah. have to find your equilibrium with it but I suspect there's a part of you that's not even letting it have a chance because as soon as he swaps and you're downstairs and you hear her react and you know she's safe and she's with her father, there's still a part of you that wants to run up and take over. Yeah. Again, it's sitting with the discomfort and taking yourselves out. And, and you can set those boundaries with her. Yeah, you can set mm. that in a loving way that feels right for you. You know, I'm not a parenting expert. This is a, a my theme here is it doesn't have to be this way and that doesn't mean it's going to not be challenging and they're not going to want you I have been there but you'd be amazed at the intentionality of setting boundaries and how you run your day and watching your energy and say you notice your energy is massively dropped at 12 because you've been in that getting up filling yourself up with something that fills you up coming back taking that time with the commute or maybe you're working from home at the moment whatever it is that you need a walk or yoga or 30 seconds of breathing before you step into this all of these things can help and then it doesn't have to be the story that she only wants you mm. she might only be acting out so that you come but your husband can do things but ultimately you're not allowing him to do that and that's your responsibility but it's going to be difficult and there's going to be a transition yeah. phase but I know that you've got it within you to be able to ride the short-term discomfort for the long-term gain. And this is what we're seeing a lot in society as a general. We don't want to be with the short-term discomfort. 
but it will pay off. So there's all of these things where you could sit and say, how do I desire it to be? And how do I desire it to feel? And what do I need to change practically with the stories, beliefs, situations, the practicalities of my life in order to be able to facilitate feeling that way? Mm. So one of the things you might want to feel is supported. Where is there an opportunity for you to support yourself? And I feel like I want to say this to you because I think it's really important. When, and I'm sure I, I think, I feel like I said this on the Made by Mamas podcast, but I, this is really, really important. When I was in this phase that you find yourself in now of feeling like it, it was all on me, it wasn't fair and my husband got to do X, Y, and Z, I used to say, well, everybody takes me for granted. Like yours, everybody wants a piece of me. Nobody listens to me. And actually, when I was really, really honest with myself, I took myself for granted. Mm. I listened to myself. I wasn't nurturing myself. I need You need to give yourself that first. So if you feel like everybody's taking from you, it's because you're continually taking from yourself. Said, yeah. said, with, said with love, but there's, this is, you know, this is such a powerful opportunity for, for you to be able to really, I can feel that desire to, to come back to you a bit more and to replenish yourself. And I just don't want you to get to where I, I was. Yeah, no, I, I'm so grateful just to be able to sit here and listen to you talk. And I, I find it quite difficult because I actually have a job that I really love. And I work with the most amazing people and I really look forward to going to work. I feel very lucky that I have this job and yeah, I feel like it's definitely the place I should be right now. But with that comes the fact that I get tired. Yeah, I love my job, but it's hard and I get tired. And at the moment it's, I I just feel like I'm in the thick of it and I have, like you said, I have choices, but I've, I've, kind of got into this little kind of slump where I'm like you know all I don't want to say I'm a victim but I've caught myself being very much like oh it's so hard and it's so difficult and but what am I doing to help myself I can't just be resentful towards my husband and you know I can't just say things like well you know she only wants me when he's there perfectly able to sit with her as well so I know I am definitely playing a part in this and from the work I've done with Nuna I'm aware that it's serving me in some way and that's what I need to figure out because why am I why am I playing this role how is it serving me is it I'm I'm distracting myself from something bigger and that's the thing I need to figure out because I don't want to continue on this path and burn out. I definitely don't want that. I've done that before. But at the same time, there's there's a lot of emotion involved because a lot of what's going on and my tiredness is is because of my child. And there's a lot to unravel and unpick. And some days I'm just so exhausted. It's like I just get back on the treadmill and I, it, and we just have the same day again, you know, Um, And even this, this weekend is a long weekend here. We have a public holiday and I thought, okay, this long weekend, I'm going to get her back in her own room. But then I think, but then I'm not going to enjoy my long weekend. So maybe I just wait till we've come back from home at Christmas because that's going to disrupt her sleep. So I'm just constantly having these kind of conversations with myself and I just feel a bit of a loss with all of it, to be honest. And I just feel like I'm, I say, on, I say on a daily basis to someone, I just feel like I'm in survival mode. That's how I feel. Yeah, I think the most simple thing that you could do is you're living a lot in your head. Mm. Is to just keep asking yourself to drop into your heart and how you feel and where you're being guided. Because it's like this, the clogs are always turning, you drop into your heart space and listen and create time even if it's a minute every few hours or a minute a day or as you're falling asleep. And also for me, it's about watching your language. So we talk a lot about what we don't want. I don't want this and I don't want that. I don't want my weekend to be ruined. I don't want to feel like this. 
Well, how do you want to feel? And your words are a proclamation to the universe about what you desire. So Mm. can you speak into existence? So, you know, I desire to feel really energized. I feel really tired today. I feel I really desire to feel more energized as my days go on. Okay, I really desire my daughter to sleep in her bed. I really desire to feel more full up. I really love my job. I really desire to have more boundaries or I really desire to have more time where I feel like I can receive. I really desire to be more supported. I really desire to love myself more. I really desire to have clarity. I really desire to release what it is that's Mm. blocking me. You can keep using these words and it's not like you're co-creating here. It's not like you have to figure it all out yourself. That intentionality is everything. That's how I have created the life and business I have now is the intentionality that was woven. Like this business has been built with my school hours and having the holidays off with my children. It's, it was done for that reason. And there's been an intentionality that's woven into that. And I've been very, very clear with my words, my language, my focus of thought about the context in which this business and me gets to grow and evolve. Mm. We are so powerful and you get to do all of that. So you don't need to go away and like, what do I need to fix to get this sorted? And what, you don't need to do any of that. You're whole as you are. You're going to grow and learn and evolve like we all are continually you can start being really intentional with your energy with your day with your words with your language with everything that you're calling in so i really desire to have the most gorgeous weekend i desire my daughter to sleep really well i desire to feel this can you see how the word and the Mm -hmm. the wording the intentionality and the focus is so different yeah and I'm, I'm really going to make a conscious effort to do that because I've definitely slipped into this space of really focusing on the things I don't want instead of the things I do want. And I think, and I know that this also is, is quite common. It's that feeling of being a bit of a failure. And there's something around her sleep that's really triggering me because I felt like we really had a great routine and all of a sudden we don't. So then I end up feeling like I'm failing her in some way. And that I find really hard. And my husband's so good at saying, but babe, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's okay. You know, we'll try again tomorrow. And I end up feeling like, but I failed. It's another day where it hasn't gone to plan. And, and I find that, I find that quite difficult. Um, So when that comes up, Peter, I would, these, you know, these techniques I think will help you and the list, your listeners is when that comes out, comes up like here's another example of where I failed Mm. so there's a narrative a core belief under that that you're somehow failing generally well can you catch it and say to yourself where am I succeeding yeah I've got a happy daughter I've got a wonderful relationship with my husband I've got a great relationship with my work colleagues it's just you know if we can catch those things and say well Where's there an opportunity to look at this differently? And that would be another very, very simple question for you to ask yourself is when you catch yourself with things being triggered by your daughter, and I totally get it, you know, it's it's difficult when you go through this stage with them. My daughter took a while to sleep properly. What I think is really important is how can I view this differently? So at the moment when you're zoomed in on the present day situation it's hard not to see the bigger context mm. of course I'll be sleeping in my bed every night when she's 50 you know all of these things but I think that that would be powerful for you how could I look at this differently okay she's going through a stage where she doesn't sleep and her needs to be met and needs me to be met in a different way and you know we're lucky that that we're both here and we can do that and we've got this like lovely house and she feels supported and loved it that you can shift it yeah you just need to change the way that you're looking at things yeah and for our listeners this I, I don't want this to seem like a private therapy session but I know that these things are so universal and people with young children are probably also experiencing these um so your your words will also be helping people listening as, as well as myself but the question I keep 
that keeps coming up for me every day is like, is this okay? Is it okay that I let her be close to me? Is it okay that I'm not seeing through the staying in the room? And because I go through phases where I'm really on it. But that means I'm up all, I'm up and down at various points of the night, as, as is my husband. And then we both have to function at work. Whereas it's a, it's a hell of a lot easier when we just bring her into our bed and then we all sleep. And then I keep asking myself, but is that okay? Shouldn't she be sleeping in her room by now? Am I expecting too much of her? And it's a real, it's constantly there. It's like I'm just ruminating on it the whole time. Um, so, so as well I, as having all those other tabs open that we like to have open constantly <laughs> in our minds. <laughs> so I, I, would, I would say this, look, there's going to be a million different opinions of what is right or wrong. What if we release whether it's right or wrong mm. and actually whether it feels aligned for you? Yeah, there are a million different ways to do things to parent there's people who've got very strong opinions about the way it should be done um but i really would like to move away from this binary way of like not just looking at parenting but yeah. looking at the world it's all about device divisiveness you know pro this anti this we're, we're fed fear to divide and actually if we can come away from that and say, well, again, I'm buying into this division by saying it's right or wrong. I'm just going to let that go. And it's what feels good for me and my husband and my family. And that will always be enough. Mm. And that conversation with yourself, whether it's parenting or when people have a business, like they're like, am I doing enough? There surely must be something mm. else. There must be a secret recipe I'm not, I, I don't know about. There must be something. And it's like you can't live your life like that because there isn't, people do things a million way, different ways. They build businesses, they get promoted, they parent. And if you can release that right or wrong binary way of looking at it and just say, I just look in the belief now that I always make a good decision when it comes to the way that I parent, imagine what that'll do and free up for you. I mean, that just sounds so freeing. And like you said, it's not just with parenting, it's with anything. We allow this outside noise to influence our decisions and we stop listening to our gut and our mm. instinct. And I know that you are you know, extremely big on intuitive coaching and really listening to your instincts and your intuition. And I think over the past couple of months, I've stopped doing that. I went through a phase when I was being coached where I felt like I was really in tune with that and I've lost it a little bit and I need to get back to that because I really trust my gut feeling. And on, every, on everything, not just with my daughter, parenting, I need to get back to that. And maybe I need some coaching. Maybe it's time to get a bit more coaching. And because I think, you know, sometimes we need help with that. It's not, it's not easy, is it, to get back there on your own? Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, that outside noise can just, oh, it, 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 you know, my head hurts. Literally on a daily basis, I'm like, my head feels like it's going to explode. Yeah. You know, like I was saying, there's so many things that you can do to pull that back. Mm. Is like if you just decide and lock in new beliefs, like I always make the right decision, I can trust myself, whatever move I make with parenting or the business, that just changes everything. That's been something that's been so powerful for me. And yes, this is why I'm so passionate about coaching. It's such a powerful tool for people to feel held and to feel seen. What would be brilliant, actually, I'm sure that you'll link when you do this, but if you can link Nuna Nafusi, who's on I Instagram. Will. She's a brilliant coach that you've obviously worked with. Yeah, she's, she's here in Dubai. Yeah, she's in Dubai and she's a wonderful um, woman who can sort of hold space for people. So there may be people who will hear that and, and resonate with it. And so, yes, I think that we have to look at our belief systems. We have to allow ourselves to be held. And if you know that your default is to feel like your head's full, it's because you're not dropping into the rest of your body. You're not dropping into 
all the, I mean, I won't go into energy bodies now. We have 10 of them, but you, there's opportunities for you to access different parts of your being that open things up. Mm. Caroline, you're incredible. Thank you for all your words of wisdom. Um, and I'm sorry if my ramblings have not been completely cohesive today. I'm very much, and this is why I was actually excited to speak to you at this time, because I'm speaking to you at a time where, you know, yes, my family is happy and healthy and I have a great job and everything is good, but I am fried. And I think it is important to not just have these conversations when I'm feeling at my best. I think it's important just to be really real and, um, you know, for me, I love to follow people and be engaged with people that don't just show the best of everything. I think it is really important to just be be your authentic self in whatever stage you're at. So thank you so much for your time today. If people want to get in touch with you, you do do one-on-one coaching um, sessions, don't you? I do, but they're full at the moment. So I don't have any availability with those, but I have loads and loads of things on my website. So my website's www.caroline-britton.com. And if people go into the free resources section, there is um, some brilliant um, free programs about navigating change, about 21 days to transformation, about honoring yourself more. There's loads of free programs. So that's worth a look if it speaks to anybody. And then I do some brilliant um, programs, both online and then live all around so many different uh, topics, some business, spiritual, reconnecting to soul. There's a brilliant one on there, um, which is called Reconnecting to Soul. And that literally takes you through all the things that we've talked about, the blocks and the root and the sacral and the heart and the throat and connecting back to you. And there's so much on there. So if people feel the call, they can look there. And I'm also on Instagram on Caroline uh, Britton Coaching. Your Instagram is amazing as well. I'll link everything in the show notes. Um, and thank you so much, Caroline. Oh, such a pleasure. An enormous thank you once again to the truly magical Caroline Britton. You can find links to Caroline's Instagram page and websites in the show notes below. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, this is my final episode of 2021 as I'm flying back to the UK this weekend for our first Christmas at home in three years, which I'm so excited about. However, I will be back in the new year with lots more amazing guests, so don't worry. Now, before I wrap up, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who has listened and supported the podcast so far. I wish you all a wonderful Christmas and the best possible start to the new year. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to Friday's Child the Podcast to help us reach more wonderful mamas. Until next time, thank you for listening.